Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Oh, man. Welcome back to Old School. Good stuff from Tommy Gunn. Tommy Armstrong. Look, it's a warrior, right? Yep. That's a fair that's a fair stick. And if you if you drew up what a team player should be, is somebody that's willing to do anything and everything that is asked of him right or wrong to help his team win. On time, in place. You need me to run, I'm gonna run. You need me to pass, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna do it at the highest level. I'm gonna take shots, I'm gonna take hits, and he loves the game so much that he's doing it for damn near free. He had some he named off all of his weapons that he had. Um, you know, DP, Jordan Riley, um Zoe Moore, Zoe mm-hmm. Moore, Westy, um, you know, and then Newbie. So he had weapons. Mm-hmm. And so for him to go into that room and talk to those two and try to get him to believe in getting those weapons the ball. You obviously know Tommy a lot better. As a fan perspective, someone that the first game I went to in college was that Oregon game. Mm-hmm. You know, watching Tommy on TV, it feels almost disrespectful to call Tommy a gamer because that's what you say about guys who are just, just gritty, don't have the skill and the talent. Clearly Tommy did. A talented guy. But between that Oregon game, that run when he's cramping, mm-hmm. <laughs> finds a way to get the job done. Between Michigan State, top yep. five team, comes into Lincoln. I'm Northwest corner for that. I, I see the, that play right there. The way he kept Nebraska in that game. Like, that that's just a baller. That's just a gamer, straight up. I respect the heck out of Tommy <clears throat> Armstrong. Won a lot of games with his legs. Kept us in a lot of games with his legs. So. I mean, the the numbers, his, his numbers are incredible. Really? Like, these are incredible numbers. And when... It, it it as an outsider, I do like I look at it from the football purist perspective. So I look at it the way people from around the country were looking in at Nebraska, and you say, okay, you got one. Now I was emotionally invested because of, because of DPE, right? Mm-hmm. So because I mean, look, man, uh, I I don't want to dish I don't want to dish title for one for that dude. Like, this dude cost me rings, man. Like, just in the mud, in the mud, Kenny. In the mud, raining, pouring rain. People couldn't take two steps without falling. This dude was on skates. He was on skis, bro. He had on – look, our defensive coordinator schemed a nine front against this dude with three – the front three setting a wall – and the linebackers all shooting gaps to attack him. There were 24 carries that he had in the game where he rushed for 34 yards. 34 yards. 40 yards. 24 for 40. The other five, the other five went for about 270. (laughs) And we were still, we were actually – Driving to win. We had the ball, and we're driving to score. And DeMornay played safety. Like, and he was center field. That mm-hmm. was – but mm-hmm. to the mud. To the mud. Sloppy mud. And our quarterback lines up, and we call timeout and said, whatever you do, do not throw to the middle of the field. As a matter of fact, 
throw to the pylon or out of bounds. That's it. And you have two seconds. One count, two count, get the ball away, put it on the line to the pylon. And if worst case scenario, we're going to tie or we'll kick field goal if we don't, we don't compete this thing. They get pressure. Our quarterback holds it two, not, maybe three seconds. And he doesn't hit the pylon. He's just inside the hash. And the moment he let it go, you could hear all of the offense's coaches in slow motion go, oh, no. <laughs> DeMornay stepped. I mean, it was some Superman stuff. This dude closed gap in the mud, picked it up, and literally one step, Gale Sayers changed the direction and took it 98 for the game-winning score. And I just went, you're welcome, Nebraska. <laughs> you're welcome. So going back to DeMornay, you, yeah. you say DP, yeah. but DeMornay, there was two freshmen that came in, in my time of being there. Yeah. Uh, he, Him being one. Yeah. And Stanley Morgan being the other, yeah. that I knew their confidence level, their belief level, they were going to play right away. And DP, he probably – well, morning. let me say morning for everybody. I think I'm talking about you because you can't return punch like him or kick off. But... <laughs> no chance. No. <laughs> no chance. No he, chance. He's probably – we haven't had a punt returner since him. True punt returner. I, it was – so his junior year, he was so effective. So he was all met, which for D.C., that's Maryland, Virginia, D.C. And that's DeMatha and all the big powerhouses, Flint Hill, all of that. And DeMornay from West Potomac, which is a small school, he still landed. As, and, but as a receiver, he relied on a quarterback that wasn't, he wasn't that good. So it was a lot of pitch and catch, DeMornay being athletic, getting into space. And then DeMornay of – 11 games this senior year, I believe he had five defensive touchdowns and five returns for touchdowns on top of him as a receiver and in running reverses. So, like, we we helped him stat stuff, like, unintentionally. Like, we were like, hey, uh, this is where this is where all the recruits are at our games against <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> it's where they show up. He was so athletically arrogant. And he played point guard on the basketball team, and we we won the regional title that year and had the 6A top-level Virginia State player of the year. And DeMornay gave him the business. DeMornay worked him over. Now, mind you, dude still had 18 and 9 against him, but it was was the toughest night of the year. So when he committed to Nebraska, I said, watch his freshman year because he's already ready. Like, I didn't have that fear that, he was going to get here and not be ready. No, he was ready, ready. I then thought usage. I literally thought, okay, the only thing that's going to stop him is the way they use him. And that was that was my fear. So you say use him. Again, we talk about Alonzo Moore, Jordan Westerkamp, Brandon Riley, and then um, – Seathan Carter. Seathan Carter. Mm-hmm. Good and, running backs, Amir. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so they used him the way they could H- had with, to with, with all the weapons that they had. So I he always, got his touches. I always thought this. I thought 
that if he had, if, if there was patience mm-hmm. and that he got his time as a junior and senior, he'd be in the NFL right now because he, he would have matured into it. He, he, he had the athletic arrogance. He already had that, that tiger in his tank. That wasn't going to be a thing. You weren't going to outwork him. So that wasn't it. He was always in shape. That wasn't it. I just thought a year of maturity, emotional maturity, and then physical maturity within the program and some settling, right? Cause you're watching people. He was, I mean, that was his thing as a, as a sophomore that he would sit on the bench and just gnaw at his mouthpiece until he got out there to do the three things that he could do until it was his time to run it. And then he got overused. He got you overused in high school. I, like I, I told you what it was. Like he 30, 40 times touches a game. I really felt like if he had. That injury hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, and you at can't Purdue, and you can't coach against stupid Purdue, Purdue, like, Purdue. Like, like and you can't you can't no, scheme you can't, against like you, you can't. can't you can't do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, but I if I would have lost that bet if you asked me as a as a when he was a senior in high school if you asked me would he have a long NFL career I would have wagered my coaching stipend on it. And I'm not a betting dude. I would have just he was just the most athletically arrogant football player I'd ever seen. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant to watch. He was not lacking in confidence. Right. Like that, it was, that's for sure. Right? Like, I mean He was not lacking in confidence. Right? Like so, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. I just thought about it too. He came, you know, for the summer. Then he went home for a week. And I guess some kid challenged him. And it's on YouTube. Uh-huh. But he, he went up and one handed it. Yeah. On the key, he had big hands. Oh, for he's his a size. freak! So he's a freak. But he, he he was not lacking in confidence. He he. But he backed it up. Like I said, he would. He took on the best player in the state of Virginia one on one. Nobody else in the region in the state tried to one on one this kid. That's how fluid this kid was at as the point guard. DeMornay simply said, "Get out of my way." And I'll make him work. Now, you didn't stop him because the dude he was playing against was just that good. <clears throat> but Kenny, he he was a savage. Oh, yeah. And he, But even sitting on the opposing bench, I kind of rooted for him because I was like, check this one out. Right? Like, <laughs> this, just ask Iowa. <laughs> I, I said, if they kick that ball to him again, because he – he Michigan almost State. he almost took it to the house the first time they punted to him. We were losing. I said they kicked that ball to him again and he's gonna score this time. Man, they kicked that ball to that boy. I said, Lord, which leads that leads us to the coaching conversation that we were trying to have about some of the things that are just done that just makes your head spin. I I coached on that staff. The stubborn people. The the we talk about athletic arrogance is your ability to be confident. And stay fluid in what you do because you've done it so Within many times. Within the confines of right? the team. You've done it so much that you know what you're doing. Well, there's coaching arrogance, and some of that's not – it's just it, – it's misplaced. And we're telling them not to kick the morning, and they kicked him, and he went house. And I'm going – and you just look at him. He told him. Yeah, it's like, told, what you, like, what are you – He told him. No, he waved <laughs> running down the sideline. No, he told them, kick it to me next time. Thanks, coach. 
He, he told that punter, you kick it to me next time I'm scoring. Man, it's did. just crazy. All right, we'll toward the break. Short segment coming up, old school. We'll talk coaching. We got a lot of stuff on the paper. We got to talk Iowa, Iowa State. There's lots to talk about. Uh, we'll be right back with Kenny and Austin. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.